Even if you're not 40, you can still catch the best Oklahoma State Cowboy podcast out there. It's the franchise Come After Me, I'm a Podcast, with Madison Morris giving you instant reaction following each OSU game. A part of the Franchise Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, guys? Madison Morris here on Come After Me. I'm a podcast, part of the Franchise Podcast Network. Uh, Yeah, happy Saturday night. The Cowboys have got another win on their belt. They took down the TCU Horned Frogs today, and that is exactly what I'm here talking about for the next 25-ish, 30 minutes. So feast your ears on a little Cowboy football podcasting. And uh, first of all, I did want to just say a quick apology that I didn't get to one last week, even though the Cowboys did uh, take a big win last week, too, over Iowa State in Ames. That was awesome for them, so good for them. I I believe it was the exact same score as what today was. So good for that. I was at my other job, so I didn't even get to catch that game. Um, Obviously, it was in Ames, so I wasn't going to have the chance to be in Stillwater, but life goes on. And today, we're going to talk about this big win over TCU, which was awesome for the Cowboys. Um... Overall, really good night. Uh, We're going to get into a little bit of different details that went into this win because the Cowboys had quite the travesty during this week, and it includes three really key and vital players getting hurt. So we'll get to that. But overall, welcome in to this episode. Uh, I'm excited to be doing this one. I actually got to be in Stillwater today. I got to really analyze this game and get to see it firsthand, and it was truly magical. I can honestly say that just because – Stillwater really is a great place to be on game day, and I had to sit out the past couple of uh, past couple of games. Really, I wasn't there for homecoming against Baylor. Probably a good thing I wasn't because I, you know, saw that didn't go too well. Um, obviously, they had that one in Ames, so I didn't get to go to Iowa for that. I didn't even get to watch it really, but I did get to watch this one. I got to be in Stillwater. I got to really witness it firsthand, and I will say that I think this game was so special. Uh, for many reasons, just because there was a lot of good that happened. A lot of guys uh, on the Cowboys' uh, defense stood out. A lot of guys on the offense stood out. I really think this was such an awesome game that had a lot of high energy and very uh, well-composed playmaking. So we'll get into it. Uh, like I said, the Cowboys defeat the TCU Horned Frogs 34-27. to uh, This was really awesome because the Cowboys started off the game on a 10-0 run, which was Absolutely fantastic for them because I've noticed something about this team is that when they get real hot right out of the gates, you know, they they may like have a couple of moments where it gets tied up like it did in this game. Got tied at 17 all going into halftime. But uh, when this team can get real hot and do some real good stuff, they're able to make some plays happen. And that's exactly what they were able to do today. And so it's uh, it's kind of funny that I'm comparing this uh, to what I'm about to compare it to because as you guys all know, I am also on the Thunderbeat here at the franchise, and I do that with Brady Trantham and Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Aaron Davis, Chisholm Hall, and we have a whole crew to do that, but um, I'm comparing it to this, and it's what Billy Donovan said about his Thunder team this year, and he was saying that the best thing to do is just, just start real hot and heavy and just break out of the gates, do the best you can um, right off the bat, because that's really going to set the pace for the entire game. And I think that's kind of the case for this Cowboys team this year, just because that's exactly what they need to do. If they fall behind uh, pretty quickly, it can either be like a clawing match to get out of this hole, or they can actually prosper and take something out of it. But um, yeah, that's not always been the case for this Cowboys team. So it was kind of nice to see that they were able to go on a 10-0 run. And that's basically what mainly happened um, in the first quarter. And so Good for them on that. That was really awesome, especially against a team like TCU because Mike Gundy 
he had his weekly presser on Monday uh, leading up to this game, and I got to go to that as well, and he talked a lot about TCU's defense. He said that this is going to be the best defense that they face all year, and I completely agree with that because I think in the first quarter, fans were a little too spoiled by the fact that it looked almost too easy, um, but a little bit of a reality check hit because TCU's defense really did step up, and they're one of those teams that if they get real hot on defense, that's it. I mean, they're going to stay hot pretty much the entire game, and they did. I just think that the Cowboys were very talented and smart out there on the field today that they were able to overcome it. And so uh, that's pretty much what happened uh, throughout the rest of the game was just TCU was able to get pretty hot on defense. They were able to cap- catch back up, like I said. Going into halftime, scored 17-all. It was it was quite interesting, especially with this TCU team. They were coming off of a big win over Texas, actually. They uh, played Texas, and they beat them 37-27. to And I believe that was um, in Fort Worth. So they did have that home field advantage, but I don't even think that stuff truly matters in college football anymore, especially not in the Big 12, because, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent even for OSU fans who got to see OSU drop that real heartbreaker to Baylor on homecoming. So, you know, it's not always about home field advantage. I really don't think that plays a super large key factor in it. Uh, And for TCU, maybe it did last week, but they, they had a little bit of a wake-up call today against the Pokes and kind of made me proud to see. But, yeah, they were able to defeat Texas last week at 37-27, definitely riding a pretty big win coming into Stillwater today. And, I mean, obviously OSU was also riding that big win from Iowa State, so both teams were pretty fired up and jazzed to play this game. I think it just came down to who had the most composure And that also comes down to the primary ball handler, which is going to be Spencer Sanders. And then Max Duggan, Duggan or Dugan? I think it's Duggan uh, on TCU side. So we'll kind of get into Spencer Sanders real quick because I really was impressed with his play, with his playmaking today, just because he looked so composed out there, especially in that first quarter. Um, He was really good on uh, connecting with different guys. He was really good on running the ball he, he just really lit that place up, and I thought he did such a good job. Uh, there was a couple times where he was even able to avoid a couple of blisses. There were a couple of sack opportunities for TCU that he was able to just kind of like dip his shoulder and get out of it real fast. And I tweeted this out, actually. If you don't follow me on Twitter, good for you. You probably don't need to, but I can be a little witty and smart-assy on Twitter. But the thing is, is that I, I do take – my job pretty seriously and so I tweeted out some pretty good stuff today watching this game and one of the things that I noticed today about Spencer Sanders is that he's incredibly gifted at doing what he does when he is calm cool and collected and then as soon as he sees what he wants on the field he is so efficient and he does it so quickly that there's no hesitation there's no you know drawing it back kind of thinking about it because in college football everything moves so fast that you have to act on instinct, you have to do it fast. And I really think Spencer Sanders is good at that because it's not only about doing it fast, it's about doing it efficiently. And so today he was able to do that. He was really able to connect with guys like Dylan Stoner. Um, That was a big one. And honestly, let's just go ahead and get into that because that kind of leads up to the biggest biggest story behind this game. And that's going to be the absence of Tylen Wallace, the absence of Johnny Wilson, and also the absence of Trey Sterling, which is kind of a freak thing that's happened at Oklahoma State. And so, um, yeah, honestly, let's just dive into that real quick. So 
I had heard kind of through the rumor mill uh, at the beginning of this week, obviously nothing was said about it at Monday's presser because it hadn't happened yet. And so apparently in the span of like 24 hours, three Cowboys just go down with some pretty severe injuries. Uh, So Trey Sterling, he actually got injured during practice on Tuesday. And that kind of, you know, that was a huge blow because he's an incredible safety. He's, you know, he's a real good player out there. He's been so crucial for this Cowboys team this year. And so that was a big blow to the, uh, to OSU. But also Wednesday came around, and in the span – this is Gundy saying this, not even me, but he said in the span of three minutes on er, during practice on Wednesday, uh, both Tylan Wallace and Johnny Wilson had some pretty bad um, accidents during practice that really led them to have some cru- like bad injuries – and apparently, so Johnny Wilson has a little bit of a lower back issue is what I'm getting this from. He is out for, I don't know how long, but you really can't mess with that lower back. You have to really take care of that. So Johnny Wilson, that's still a little bit questionable. Um, it may have been announced that he's out for the season, and I just haven't heard that yet. But I don't think that's the case. I think he should be back. I doubt. I mean, they have a bye week this coming week, but I really doubt they're going to be back or that he's going to be back against Kansas the following week. And so that's definitely something that Cowboy fans need to be on the lookout. But a real big blow to the Cowboy offense right now is going to be the loss of Tylen Wallace. He suffered an ACL um, an ACL injury. He, I, he like, tore it or whatever you do for an ACL. I've never had one of those. But uh, <laughs> he apparently tore his ACL uh, during practice, which is so disheartening to hear because – of the type of guy he is, the talent level that he has reached this season, just like the noise he has made for this team and how respected he is throughout not only like the coaches and the team, but the fan base. And so big, big loss for the Pokes. Tylen Wallace is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Gundy did make that very known. I think that was already kind of known, but he officially announced that tonight um, after the game during his uh, postgame presser. So he said Tylen Wallace is out. A lot of prayers being sent out for the guy. He's wicked talented. I know this is a huge loss for Oklahoma State. But that does piggyback into where I was going earlier, saying that guys like Dylan Stoner really stopped up because Spencer Sanders connected twice really well with Dylan Stoner in the first quarter. And those two uh, those two receptions really stick out in my mind because Dylan Stoner is an incredible player. He's had a really good history here at Oklahoma State. He's a great wide receiver. He's always kind of been a guy that doesn't necessarily fall in the shadows of Tylen Wallace, but he is a guy that, you know, he didn't, I don't think he had many catches leading up to this. He didn't have any touchdowns whatsoever. This was actually the first game that he was able to have uh, two touchdowns, and those were his first two touchdowns of the season. So good for Dylan Stoner on that. But, yeah, Stoner was saying um, that, you know, he knew that it was big shoes to fill, but when when coaches ask someone, you know, who's going to step up, He knew in his mind, like, I'm going to step up. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be good at it. And that's exactly what he did today. I was incredibly impressed uh, with Dylan Stoner today. He had three receptions for 93 yards, two touchdowns. That's seriously incredible, guys. Three receptions to pick up 93 yards and two touchdowns. That that just kind of speaks to the volume of what kind of player he is out there and how he knew that he needed to step up. He had a lot falling on his shoulders. There was a lot... Um, riding on this game, especially because 
it wasn't just about winning this game to these guys. It was about proving, you know, that they they can hold their own, that they are a talented team. The next guy up is going to be a great person uh, to fill the shoes of someone so talented, of uh, guys like Johnny and Train, especially Thailand. So, honestly, just really good on Dylan Stoner for that. Guys like Braden Johnson also, he had one reception for 47 yards. Landon Wolf picked up two receptions for 10. Uh, Chuba Hubbard even got a... Got a little bit on the receiving end there. He had one reception for five yards. And then Jordan McRae had two for three. So, I mean, I feel like Oklahoma State, they have a good receiving core. They have really good guys that are going to step up. Uh, actually, we recorded a basketball show this morning. And I was saying that I thought um, just there were a couple of different guys that I named off that I thought were going to step up. And Chuba, or not, sorry, sorry, not Chuba. Um, Dylan Stoner was the first guy that I said, and I really was proud and pleased that that is exactly who stepped up. And they were saying both Sean Gleason and Dylan Stoner said this tonight that, uh, as soon as they announced, like, we need the next guy, the next guy to st- step up, um, Dylan Stoner was the first guy to puff his chest out and walk forward and say like, I can do this. I got this. Trust me, put me out there. And that's exactly what they did. And he proved himself tonight. So really good on Dylan Stoner's part. Uh, really good on Spencer Sanders right now because Spencer Sanders threw 9 of 15. He only connected for 9 passes tonight, and they still were able to take this kind of win over a defensive strong team like TCU. And so really good on Spencer Sanders. Like I said, 9 of 15. He had 158 yards. He did have two touchdowns. Good for him on that. And uh, he did throw one interception, but he's had games in the past uh, where he threw like five or something. <laughs> so honestly, this is really good. And speaking of interceptions, we're going to kind of piggyback and uh, merge over to the Oklahoma State defense with that because uh, TCU's quarterback, Max Duggan, he had never thrown an interception except for his first one of the season was in that Texas game, and they were still able to take that win over Texas. But he comes into this game. He throws three interceptions tonight. Didn't exactly have his best game. He uh, he completed 21 of 39 passes. Uh, for 258 yards. He did have one touchdown, and like I said, he had three interceptions, definitely the most of the season. It looked like such a mismatch of play out there because especially in the first quarter of this game, I really was so impressed with the way that Oklahoma State stepped up. I really liked what the defense had going for them. I thought they did some really incredible things. Guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, Amen Ogbamiga. Wow, I've never said that that fast before. That's a little harder to say. But just every single guy really played such a role out there tonight. And I was most impressed with uh, Colby Harville Peel. He was someone who really stood out on defense tonight because he worked hard. He got what he wanted. He knew that this game was super, super important. I mean, guys like Tanner McAllister and Jared Bernard really stepped up too. So it was so awesome to see this. But for Harvell Peel, he had, I think it was like three or four pass breakups. He had um, two interceptions. He did recover a fumble. And... I'm trying to look this up. He Oh, so he had six total tackles. He had five of those were just a solo tackle in himself. And he was saying after the game that this game was so important to him because, first of all, he had never 
you know, had that many interceptions or fumble recoveries. So basically, like, he was on the receiving end of these turnovers. He had never done that in his entire football career. And so that was extremely special to him. But he said pretty much what every other player plus Coach Gundy said after the game was that this game was so important to step up because they're short three very vital guys on this team. And the best thing to do in those situations is to step up and to make sure that you let this fan base know that you are ready and that you are talented and that you want to take this win and do it for the guys that have to sit out. But you also want to show your teammates that you are capable of taking on this kind of responsibility. And so I feel like so many guys on Oklahoma State uh, did this tonight. And so that was what was super reassuring for me. And so, yeah, overall, there's not like a ton to dissect about this game because it's just pretty straightforward. Oklahoma State did so well. They stepped up. They made adjustments when they needed to. They kept TCU, except for tying it at 17 going into halftime. They really did keep TCU uh, fighting the entire time. It was basically like uh, the little brother you just keep your hand on, and he's just like swatting away trying to get something. And so I really thought Oklahoma State did such a good job on this game, especially guys like uh, even guys like Matt Amendola. That's who Coach Gundy really gave a lot of accolades to there at the end. Matt Amendola had a really important field goal because he was riding a sixteen uh, a sixteen field goal streak coming into this game, or actually it was more like fifteen or. 15 or 14, and then he, like, made two or something like that. Um, But he was riding a pretty large streak. He did snap it tonight because there was a point in the game he did miss a field goal. And so a little discouraging for Matt Amendola. But here's the thing. This guy had a really crucial field goal. It was, um, oh, gosh, when was it? Oh, it was uh, 204 left in the fourth quarter, and Matt Amendola was able to nail a 43-yard field goal. And that did give the Pokes that 34-24 to 24 lead at the time. Jonathan Song for TCU did come in at the very end of the game, and he hit a 40-yard field goal that put TCU, well, cut it a little bit to 34-27. But that obviously was the final score. And so, you know, TCU just never exactly had a full answer for what OSU was able to put on that field tonight. So I thought that was just really good on their part. They did such a good job tonight. And it was fun being there. It was always a good time being in Stillwater, but just the atmosphere of the stadium because I think a lot of people were kind of questioning, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Even myself, because I was saying before the game, I guarantee you they're going to make Chuba pick up a lot of slack right now, and they're going to give him like 38 carries and just really just beat the junk out of him out there. They didn't at all. He only had 20 carries tonight for 223 yards. He had two touchdowns. And he is the first ever player to pick up 200-plus yards on a Gary Patterson defense. So that's a big, big hats off to Chuba Hubbard. He had one hell of a night tonight. This was his fourth game this season where he picked up 200-plus yards. Um, I believe yeah, his other um, his other games where he did pick up 200-plus yards was Kansas State, of course, where the Pokes won 26-13. to he had 303 yards. 296 of those were rushing. He had seven receiving yards as well. Uh, he did in the Tulsa game. It was 40 to 21. He had 256. And of course, the season opener against Oregon State, that's where he had his 221 yards where the Pokes defeated uh, the Beavers 52 to 36. And tonight, finishing uh, off a TCU team with 223. That was just, you know, he is a hell of a player. He's the best college running back in the nation. I'm not afraid to say that. If you don't think that, then 
dude, something's so wrong. Like, <laughs> obviously, I just think he's a great player. I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but, you know, he's a humble player. He's a hard worker, and it shows when he gets out on the field. So that's really all to say about this game. It was an awesome game. Good for OSU getting to pick up this win. It really was crucial for them because now they are bowl eligible. Um, <laughs> I don't know if any other Pokes fans were, you know, sucking wind on this, but me as a as an alumni of Oklahoma State, I would very much so enjoy OSU getting into a bowl game. So this was a big, big win for them because they were able to prove that they can pick up where um, the nest is a little bit empty. And they can also go to a bowl now and continue to work after the regular season ends. So very, very good on Oklahoma State. So I that's really going to wrap it up for this podcast because, like I said, there's not too much more to digest. I am here doing this by myself right now. Um, it's also 1030 at night on Saturday after the game. And so I still have a lot of work to do. Girls got to sleep. You guys should be sleeping too. And so, uh, yeah, I know I've said in the past I'm probably – or I'm going to try to get guests on here and do all that good stuff. Honestly, it's really, really hard sometimes because everybody's doing their own thing. Everyone's kind of working. So I did go ahead and do this one on my own. But you know what? You guys got to listen to my voice for another like 23-ish minutes. So good for you. Uh, But yeah, OSU is going to be on a bye next week. Like I kind of said earlier in the pod, they're not going to face Kansas until November 16th. That is going to be in Stillwater and obviously, Kansas is having a little bit of a lackadaisical season right now. I don't, uh, I don't think that's. I mean, I can't really say anything, and I shouldn't say anything because they had that game over Texas, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so yeah, you really you you can't say too much. And they did uh, defeat Texas Tech, so you know this team is not really something to mess with. They did, however, they lost tonight to Kansas State. Uh, they lost that game thirty-eight to ten. So. You know, it's going to be interesting. They do have a bye week as well. But here's the big story of that. Les Miles is going to be back in Stillwater. So if you are a Les Miles fan, which I don't know many of you, uh, that will be interesting to see how that pans out. I think he's really going to come to Stillwater with a full game plan ready. So Mike Gundy and the guys say this every single time. They approach the game the exact same way they approach any other game. Yeah, they're... I definitely think they're going to have to really um, crack down and be ready for this Kansas team. You absolutely have no idea what a less miles Kansas team can pull out. So that will be very interesting. Right now, the Kansas Jayhawks are three and six. So like I said, not having the best season out there right now. But um, I also just don't sleep on them. You know, the Cowboys do. However, they advance to six and three in the season with this win over TCU. Like I said, they have a bye week. They will face Kansas and I'm excited for that game. I think it'll be great. It's also my dad's birthday. So if any of you OSU guys are out there listening to this, please pull out a win over the Jayhawks for Papa Morris. He would greatly appreciate it. And so would I. So yeah, I think that's really going to wrap it up for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Feel free to like interact with me on Twitter. Please say nice things because when people come at me with mean things, it hurts my feelings. Uh, But overall, I really do enjoy doing this podcast. It's awesome to talk about OSU football and the craziness of Thunder basketball that's going on, which you can also hear us talk about that on our OKC82 podcast. I do that with, uh, I mean, I do that with Connor sometimes, but I do it with Brady Trantham, who is fabulous at what he does. 
And we do have Connor Ayubi on from time to time. He is one of our interns here at the franchise. Does a fabulous job for us. He's actually a really cool guy, and he knows he knows his basketball. So if you're not following him on Twitter, you should totally do that. And always follow Brady. He's always tweeting out some good stuff. He, uh, he is an avid OU fan also for all my Sooner listeners out there, if you're even a, like listening to my podcast. But you never know. If you are, follow Brady at Brady Does Sports on Twitter. Loves his OU Sooner, so can't can't get any better than that. But, yeah, that's going to really do it for this. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy your Saturday night. Like I said, Pokes win it tonight, 34-27 to over the TCU Horned Frogs. Overall, great game. And we will catch you in two weeks as the Cowboys take on the Jayhawks. You can catch Madison's OSU coverage on thefranchiseok.com. Follow her on Twitter at Madison Morris. And be sure to spell her name correctly. M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N.